beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. This is Nubia. And I'm Francis. And we have another great episode for you guys. We have Chapin with us from the podcast Misfits and Rejects. It's a podcast about the lifestyle design of expirates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. So he shares these great stories on his podcast, and we're just happy to have him with us. Chapin, welcome to Chronicles Abroad. Thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm stoked to be able to share some uh, insights and stories with you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. We actually met Chapin in Bangkok. We went to some event. I can't remember what it was, actually. I think it was a blogging event, and it was a great way to network, and we bumped into each other, and we bonded over the fact that we're both podcasters, pretty much kind of doing the same thing, sharing stories with people from all over the world. So Chapin, let's get into a little bit of background, because I know that you you had a surfing business uh, at some point. Let's get into your story. How did you get started with traveling abroad and officially moving abroad? You know, I've always really enjoyed traveling. And, and my first adventure out was when I was 18. My buddy moved down to Costa Rica. So I ventured down for like three weeks and I really kind of the bug bit me. I knew for a fact this was the lifestyle that I wanted to lead. I loved the third world. I love that freedom that you can get from just being in, I mean, no offense to these countries, but such corrupt countries, you can really just kind of do what you want. And there was something about it that was really freeing. And so I knew that was going to be my lifestyle choice. I just didn't, at that moment in time, have a place for it within what I was trying to pursue with the passions that I was pursuing. So it spent like five years actually pursuing other passions within soccer. And then when that all came to an end, I moved down to Nicaragua in 2005 and I pretty much haven't spent much time in the States since then. And then my online adventure started in uh, 2014. You know, unfortunately, mom got sick and I had to move home for a year. And after that year was over and she had passed, it was clear that I just didn't connect with the States. I didn't feel like it was my home anymore. But I also knew that the life that I had done in Nicaragua for so many years was cool and I still wanted aspects of that life because I was doing surf retreats and I was doing what I loved on the beach with my friends, but I wanted to have that mobility, be able to be anywhere in the world making money. And that's how I discovered Pat Flynn in 2014. And my eyes just opened up to this idea that, hey, you can make money online and you can be anywhere in the world, location dependent while making money. So, you know, 2015, I'd say I officially started with my first YouTube video and I've been grinding at it ever since. It's definitely been the hardest thing I've ever tried to accomplish in my whole life. Yeah, I know. Pat Flynn is the man, SBI podcast and all the stuff that he does. So he definitely has a lot of great information on how to do that if you follow it to the T. So now you have the transition out of Nicaragua. How long have you been in Thailand? I've been in Thailand now almost two and a half months. I've been to Thailand multiple times in the past. I knew Chiang Mai was the Mecca for digital nomads. And I had spent so many years in Nicaragua, these last three, for example, just kind of chasing my tail, like just YouTube videos, trying to learn it myself, 
really yearning to connect with like-minded people, but surrounded by a lot of entrepreneurs, but nobody doing the online game. And so I actually interviewed a gentleman um, who does the Business Method podcast, and he told me about a retreat he was hosting here in Chiang Mai. I just vowed to him right then and there on the episode that I was going to be here for the retreat and see what I could do. So that's why I came, and I did a 10-day digital nomad retreat called Get Shit Done, and it was a game changer for me. I mean, just to see people actually making a real living online. And when I say a real living, like they're making you know six figures through their online business. And just to be surrounded by that kind of energy and that kind of commitment really helped me see, like, I'm a productive person and I'm doing the right things. It's just I don't have necessarily all the creativity that is needed when it does come time to, like, do a launch or whatever. So that really was a game changer for me coming here and and getting my, my surf course. I have an online surf course that I launched while I was here. And yeah, it's turned out to be pretty fruitful. I think that's amazing. Get shit done, right? Like that statement alone is profound to me, you know, but I'm glad you mentioned that it's a hard road. This online presence being an expat and really relying on things like podcasting, YouTube, um, social media, everybody glamorizes it. Like, it's just the best, but there's so much work behind it. There's so much work behind it to get done. There's so many hours put in. Um, it's a lot of networking and a lot of getting to know people and tapping into those networks and resources to learn more and to execute. And execution isn't always the easiest because it's so much, especially when you're doing it by yourself. So I could totally understand that. But one thing I can say that I know we share is the love for having these into Interviews, right? And meeting people from all over the place who are living their authentic selves. So tell us, when did you get into the podcast game? So Misfits and Rejects was an idea I had conjured up in Nicaragua just through the conversations with people that I was truly interested in. And I was so inspired by what they were saying, even if they were a little odd. You know, Misfits and Rejects does kind of carry a negative connotation, even though it's not meant to be a negative thing. I'm really trying to capture these these lifestyles that inspire me. But some of these people that I, I interview could be perceived as eccentrics. And um, I always thought I'd write a book about it or, you know, the classic, like, I'm going to do a screenplay. And after sitting down for years trying to, to do it, I just it wasn't happening for me. And so I had discovered Pat Flynn. I was listening to his podcast every day. I was stuck in a warehouse back in California, desperately yearning to get back on the road, find a way to make money online. And I had decided I was going to do that online surf course and online surf instruction. So as I was developing my website, literally one day in the warehouse, I'm like, why don't I just do a podcast and put the microphone in front of these people that I encounter on the road? Because I have all the equipment to do these the surf course. I'm leaving for Chile in like two weeks. Let's have my friend in Chile be the first episode, episode one with Johnny, Johnny McGlynn. And so that's how it started with me kind of materializing my, my dream of, you know, creating some kind of content that really brought to light these stories of these really creative, really motivating, really inspirational individuals who like take their life into their own hands. They take responsibility. They walk away from a lot of the social pressures that we all face when we make these decisions and they go at it and they're all entrepreneurial. I mean, these people are creating lifestyles for themselves and monetizing the most creative ways. And it's just been such a beautiful medium for me to really help these people get their stories out and keep me motivated to keep trying with my own endeavors. That's amazing. I mean, we get inspired by our guests all the time. So we definitely can relate to that comment. Let me ask you from all the people that you've interviewed, what do you think makes them want to leave that first world, quote unquote, 
first world lifestyle to then trade it off for a quote unquote third world country, which I don't like to always say called third world, but you know, something that isn't what we know as to be the United States versus everyone else. I think many of us feel like just we've never fit in into the community that we were raised in. I mean, we don't get a choice as, you know, you know, from age one to 18 where we get to really live. And me, for example, just never really connecting with the environment that I had to live in for the first 18 years and desiring to find something and a place where I did. So again, going back to that, when I turned 18, I did get to go down to Costa Rica. I lived in Puerto Viejo for like three weeks with my buddy. And it was just like, I felt every cell in my body relax. Everybody I talked to, I didn't feel anxiety when I was talking to them. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I felt like I fit for the first time. And although Puerto Viejo is a beautiful place, I knew it wasn't the spot I would reside, but I knew that lifestyle and that environment was like the lifeblood I needed to not be depressed, basically. And so I kept kind of searching for those places that really I connected with. Now, I love that because... You know, I think that I think that's what I was going through when I finally made the decision to move abroad because everything around me felt really disconnected. And I wasn't sure how I fit into the whole United States and the people that I had, you know, made friends with and how I've outgrown that. And so for me, I've been doing the same thing, kind of, you know, going around looking and searching and making connections abroad. And I find that the people who are traveling abroad, there's something different about us who's doing this. And I think it creates a much deeper connection than it's not that you can't have those deeper connections at home. I'm not saying that. However, it is drastically different when you meet people on the road. Yeah, I find that because we're all foreigners and we are technically all tourists, whether you live here 20 years or not, you are still a tourist in my mind. And we bond in ways that we are because we're constantly encountering stimuli and situations that we've never had to deal with before. And just to have another individual alongside of you or you meet on the street who's gone through it or going through it is an instant bond. And you instantly can share that moment with somebody. We're back home, you know, somebody gets a brand new car, for example, and they come home and they want to tell me about it. I'm always happy to listen and I'm always happy for them, but I've never cared about a car. Like I have no interest about talking about the lift on your truck or whatever it may be like, good for you. Congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment, but like that doesn't fill my soul with any sort of satisfaction. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. And it's crazy, right? Because I've been looking at your website and I see a lot of your stories that you have put up there. People that you met are pretty amazing. Can you tell us one of your favorite interviews thus far? Absolutely. I have a handful that for me personally, I always gravitate towards when I'm thinking about somebody in, in the past episodes that I have interviewed. And there is an individual named Rusty Labusheng. I was connected through a fan, actually, of Misfits and Rejects. He's from Zimbabwe, and he spent 10 years in prison in Zimbabwe for a crime he didn't commit. And the story is very well publicized. Anybody can go Google this story. But he was convicted of murder. The man didn't wasn't murdered. He was still alive, walking around free outside of the prison. And he spent 10 years in prison. And he talks about the first four years being completely consumed by the idea of revenge and by the idea of getting back and, like, 
you know, these people, how could they do this to me? Like he was a seemingly good person. I don't know him very well personally, but seemed like a good dude. This is four years of a 10 year incarceration. It took him to one day walk into the yard and something clicked in his brain. He realized that none of that mattered. Like the revenge, the holding all that negativity in him was just creating another jail within a jail. And he found enlightenment. He doesn't describe it as enlightenment. He describes it as finding true forgiveness. So we'll say that. But just those kind of stories of somebody finding that strength within themselves to forgive, to not identify with that mind chatter is something that I'm really striving for within myself and trying to learn more about. So he's an episode that I really look to a lot when I'm thinking about, oh, I'm so depressed about my life situation for whatever it is. And I don't get that depressed a lot. But, you know, there's a lot of negative chatter sometimes going on in my head. And I'm just like, dude, this guy spent 10 years in pure hell. And about year four into it, he found some way to make it okay to be in jail for another six years. Like it turned into not a pleasant situation, but it wasn't as bad as when he first came in, you know? Yeah. And that's what, when we meet people abroad, that's what it does. It triggers something inside us. And when we live abroad, it just allows us to experience the gratitude and really take a look at our lives and say, you know, things aren't really that bad. And it allows us to reconnect to that. So let me ask you, how how do you select or how do you choose? How do you find your folks that are because they are quite unique stories? And how do you find the people that you get to interview? I'm really open to interviewing most people through little conversations on the street with individuals. I usually find a lot of the content that I create um, recommendations. It can be the most casual conversation, whether it's online with somebody or in person. And they say one thing that hooks into my brain that I have to know something more about it. That's my makeup. Like there's something in me that is so interested in just one thing they say that I have to know more about it. So I bring them on the show and I just try to draw out that type of information that I'm interested in. And, you know, I don't have any kind of script or anything like that. It's all organic and just driven from my own curiosities and interest in, in them as a person. I love that because I think what people forget sometimes as they try to figure out what they want to do with their lives and use the word that I've been thinking a lot about and is curiosity. I believe that curiosity is what's going to lead you to your, your passions or lead you to whatever it is that is really going to feed your soul. And we forget to be curious about things these days. I agree 100%. I think even in, you know, when we get to do what we love, which I think all of us would agree we're doing, there does come a point where it becomes normal and we can forget that we are living a charmed life and we can forget that there's other people who are living in situations that they can't get out of. So if we lose that curiosity into trying to understand other people's life situations and we lose that curiosity to maybe adventure out of our own new comfort zone, then we just fall back in the same traps that many people are already stuck in within the rat race, say, in, in the Western world, Australia, America, Europe, whatever it may be. So like you said, curiosity in, in at every single level of this path that we walk is so necessary to stay fresh, stay motivated and stay you know, focus in, in a positive direction, I think. Now, you're traveling solo, correct? Correct. What is the game plan? Do you plan on being gone indefinitely? How are you mapping out your travels? Can you give us a little insight on you traveling solo? Absolutely. So the game plan from when I left in like 2005 was to never go back. And that's a pretty hard line to take because obviously I have family I love. But as far as living outside of America, that has been a goal. Like I would like to continue to live places for long periods of time around the world. As far as presently, Thailand's great. Thailand's probably 
the easiest place in the world to travel. I've been a lot of places and I've never experienced a place like this or a culture like this where everyone is so friendly and so genuinely helpful. Um, so Thailand right now is going to be home base. So I will leave the country because I am on a tourist visa and I will travel to Myanmar, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, but always be coming back to Thailand as a home base. And then as far as, you know, a little bit longer term into the future, Nicaragua is still deep rooted in my soul and I consider my home away from home. But I would like to branch out more, but I will always next, I'll be going back to Nicaragua next year for, you know, a handful of months because I still run surf retreats. I mean, the surf business is my primary source of income right now. So I do have to always cultivate that more and keep that, you know, the cash flow rolling in with that. You know, what's crazy is that you are the second person today who has mentioned Nicaragua, Nicaragua. I can never say it. I don't (laughs) know. But anyway, you're the second person today who mentioned that it has tug at their heartstrings and that if they were to name a place that they would go back to and plant roots, that's where they would go. And I'm a firm believer of the universe, right? Just kind of putting out certain things. And I'm like, okay, I guess I might have to add it to the itinerary (laughs) when in South America. But um, what is it about Nicaragua that drives you to want to make that another place that you could actually see yourself calling home? Nicaragua is a very unique, special place, not only because of the geography, but the people. They have two coasts. So you have the Pacific side, which is Nicaraguan people. I don't know if they have a technical name for them, but you can imagine it's kind of like Mexican culture or Costa Rican culture, Guatemalan culture, like their skin coloring and just their way of life is more related to the Pacific coast. And if you get to the Caribbean side, they have Creole culture, Rastafarian gets culture that's completely like different. So that in itself, you have two completely different worlds in one country. And then geography wise, they have mountains. They have the biggest lake in Central America. Um, they have an island within that lake that throughout history has been what they think is was like a trading post from the North America down to the South Americas. So that's kind of where everything converged. You know, it always boils down to the people. So the people are just so genuinely kind and cool that makes you feel comfortable there. But again, the culture itself presently today is just so rich and beautiful and undiscovered in a lot of ways. Like historians, archaeologists don't really understand the significance of the island of Ometepe and the other sort of remnants of the history that occurred there prior to us arriving. Man, you're pretty much you're selling me right now. I feel like I'm definitely going to have to swing through there. It sounds amazing. It's great. And then just from a surfing perspective, just for any surfers who are listening, it's one of the most unique places on Earth for the trade winds. So the trade winds blow in a certain direction around the northern hemisphere, around the world. And because of the isthmus down in the southern part of Nicaragua, they aren't impeded by any mountains to block them. So it kind of blows directly across from the Caribbean to the Pacific in one direction year round. And so from a surfing perspective, what that does is that grooms the waves to be like light and feathery and you never get those like heavy choppy conditions of like stormy conditions. So it's like one of maybe two. I don't even know if there's another place in the world like it, but from for surfers in general, Southern Nicaragua is magical. We're both just looking at each other like, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it kind of leaves you speechless, like I said, because it's kind of like you trying to envision a place. And, you know, I, I agree with you about Thailand. You know, this is my first place that I've lived abroad. And Chiang Mai specifically for me has made it so easy and somewhat spoiled, right? So if I go to anywhere else, I'm like, how much is it there? I'm like, what? You know, because it's so affordable in Thailand and it's hard for me to explain how at peace I am here, right? And But it has a lot of I hate using the term first world, third world, but first world amenities in a way, you know, that it makes it easier for someone to transition here, at least as a start um, before moving on. I haven't lived anywhere else specifically. I've traveled enough, but definitely taking the time out to go to a place and seeing what resonates with your soul, right? What makes you feel more at home? Why does this place make you feel or gravitate, brings you in a little bit more? Paying attention and opening your eyes to those specific aspects will definitely help your travels in the future because you kind of know what works for you and what doesn't. 100%. And I think to touch on one thing I've, I've talked to a lot of people about, like Thailand is a great starter country, if you will. You know, if you've never been out of the country before, but you want that shock of culture and the ease of travel, Thailand's the place for it. You know, Nicaragua's rough. Like, it's the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Haiti's number one. Nicaragua's number two. So the poverty level there is pretty extreme. The corruption, it's ranked 10th in the most corrupt countries in the world. And so as a Westerner trying to make a life and business down there, like, you don't really have much going for you except for your wits and maybe a bank account that has a little bit of money in it. And from somebody who's been around a little bit, like you start to yearn for that type of struggle a little bit. It kind of keeps you on your toes. It keeps you present. It keeps you from getting lazy and lax. And even though it's hard and it does in the end kind of drive a lot of people who give it a go away from the place, they always yearn to come back and they'll they'll come back and try it again or they'll come back just for vacations because it's kind of like an addiction. You get addicted to the that sort of lifestyle. And I know I have like Thailand's great and I appreciate it for what it is, but I'm excited to go to see what Lao and what Myanmar have to offer because I, I'm not satiated enough yeah. by being here. But that's the great thing about living in Thailand, though, because you can the traveling around Southeast Asia is relatively inexpensive. And because Thailand, you know, Laos borders certain parts of Thailand and then Vietnam is right there and, and you have Burma or Myanmar. All of these places, you could definitely travel to multiple countries in less than one year's time being here in Thailand because there's so many places that are surrounding it. And that's what makes it really attractive to me as well, you know, is the fact that traveling to all these other countries has been relatively inexpensive. Going to Bali, my ticket was $86 round trip. You know, um, I think the most expensive ticket we've ever purchased. I don't even know if it was expensive, but to, I can't even think, I don't think I've spent a hundred bucks on a ticket at all. If I really think about it, I'm like, you know, went to China and it was less than $80 round trip. You can go to Malaysia for, you know, less than $90 round trip. It's just so affordable. So I'm a little nervous that when I leave Thailand, I'm going to be missing those things that made it so great. So when I'm in Latin America, is it going to be easy to go back and forth to different places? I looked at going from Colombia to, I think it was, it was one of these countries on the coast. It was like $1,000. I'm like, it's on the same damn continent. <laughs> like I couldn't understand. 
<laughs> what was going on? And I was like, see, I'm going to miss Southeast Asia for these particular reasons, you know? Crazy. 100% you will because it's not that easy. And I think that's the biggest misperception of going to, say, the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Like, oh, it's going to be cheap. And it's all relative to, like, what you're trying to accomplish and how you're trying to live. Like, yes, you can live on a dirt floor and you can eat rice and beans every day and you can live cheap. But if you want to have more of a Western standard of living, like, you're going to be spending, you know, maybe a thousand bucks a month. And, um, traveling is fairly expensive as well. Like if you're trying, like I flew from Nicaragua, Managua to Colombia and that cost me a thousand bucks. And it's crazy because it's relatively close, but like, it's just not the same as it is here. They don't have the budget airlines like they do here and the systems and infrastructure set up to make it as convenient as it is here. This is actually really good information because I haven't even started looking at South America and it's good to know because one of the things that I appreciate, of course, just like Nubia said, I'll piggyback, is the ease of traveling to multiple places. If you're trying to not, you know, not spend that kind of money, a thousand dollars, that's for us in Thailand, that's like six months <laughs> of living and enjoying life. So, wow, I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, it is shocking. And even, even to myself, who's been there for so long, I'm like, how the hell am I spending 800 bucks a month while I have a, a one bedroom, little room? I don't even have a kitchen. And I guess so I can't cook, but I'm still eating like rice and beans, breakfast, lunch and dinner. I'm still burning through a thousand bucks a month. I guess a lot had to do with like boozing, I guess, you know, beers are like a buck of beer, but it's like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. You start to trip on how am I spending this kind of money? But you do. Yeah. And I'm probably, it's probably the best rice and beans you've ever had though. I can't wait to eat my, my way through Latin America, but yeah, the flexibility and the affordability to travel within the South American country is not the cheapest. It's something that I've already made aware and I put it in my mental block to say, okay, once I land in a place, that's probably where I'll be for a little bit before I try to go to somewhere else. So for those who are considering taking time out, Thailand is, is ideal. It really is. It's an ideal place to come and allow yourself to travel freely amongst, you know, multiple countries in Asia specifically. Just enjoy. And to be honest with you, uh, I looked at a flight to Europe from Thailand, a one way, and it was like 250 bucks. A one way to L.A. from Thailand or from L.A. to Thailand was like 250 bucks. So it, it's hella inexpensive. It just really is. But then when I looked at a flight from Thailand to Latin America, to Colombia specifically, it was a thousand something dollars. So South America is not the cheapest to travel within or around. Thailand is a great place to, to start. It's a great place to find clarity. It's a great place to network. The community here has been really well, just meeting people who are just like you, you know, trying to find their way and figuring out what works best for them. All they know is, and I, I can say this, and I'm going to speak generally, <laughs> for everybody that I've met who lives in Thailand, regardless of their race or their age, that are from Canada or the States, the one thing that we all have in common is that we're tired. We're tired of the same old rat race, and we just want to live a more comfortable life that is free of the nine to five, free of the having to pay debt on top of debt on top of debt, you know, just live a, a life of freedom. So 100 percent. Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely. Like we're all trying to find that balance or whatever it may be you're searching for in an, an environment that is more fulfilling than where you came from. And yeah, we definitely all have that in common. And 
I think it's a totally attainable for anybody who's listening. It's not easy, that's for sure. But I think that when you become an active participant in your own life in these kind of environments, because they basically force you to, that all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is so much more fulfilling than just the mindless, you know, going to work every day, coming back and, and doing that routine back wherever you came from. Yeah. So how has travel impacted your quality of life? So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. Tremendously, like I said, like for me, and it took a few years for me to really conceptualize it and then be able to articulate it. But again, that constantly being put in situations that I've never had to deal with before. So I do not have an automatic response for it makes you present. And that's my whole goal in life from this day forward is to try to be as present as possible. So traveling aspect really aids me in that endeavor where it's like when you get to a border town and you have seven little poor kids running up to you trying to either fleece you for money or con you into something. You have like eight adults trying to run up and do the same kind of hustle on you. Like you are so present. You have your wits so about you and it's a rush and it's so helpful in just developing character because a lot of people could panic. I've seen people panic. You know, they don't know how to respond to that. You can freak out and get angry. I've seen people do that. You really start to learn who you are. And then if you don't like what you find, then you can start making adjustments to become that person that you always thought you were or that you want to become. I think that's what travel's really done for me. I love that. That's amazing because I think that's a, a lot of us can relate to that. We started one way and then we just witnessed the transformation that happens within us. What can you say to folks who are, you know, reluctant to doing this solo thing or reluctant to even do this online thing that you're trying to do? I would say to everybody that, you know, take a good hard look at yourself and your life and how satisfied you are within the situation that you're in. And if you come to the conclusion that you're unsatisfied, well, then it's time to take responsibility for that, own it, and then take one step forward. I mean, you can get overwhelmed by all the varieties of ways that people are trying to sell you to make money online. You can get overwhelmed by the idea of flying, whatever it is, 3,000 miles, 5,000 miles over to Thailand. So take that first step. And if you want to travel, start researching. You know, if you have that auto response, like I can't afford it, well, then create a plan that you start putting a certain percentage of your gross income every month or every paycheck away, like 10% to a travel fund. And within six months to a year, I guarantee you'll have enough for either a one-way or a round-trip ticket. And if it's to a cheaper place like Thailand or even I don't know where you're coming from, but someplace that's more affordable than you're living, you will also have enough to spend at least two weeks to a month in that environment to really test it out. And if you are still concerned about that, you have you know travel agencies that are willing to take you by the hand and give you a little bit of a cultural experience to test the waters with. So I feel like you don't necessarily have to jump into the deep end. I hate jumping in the deep end. I like having a pretty good idea of what I'm getting myself into. So for anybody listening who wants to try it out, I would suggest, yeah, baby steps, take it slow. No need to rush. You have time. But if you really want it, it's time to take responsibility for your life and go for it. 
That's great advice. Thank you so much, Chapin. It's been great having you on Chronicles Abroad. So for our listeners that want to hear more from you, can they check you out on which platforms do you prefer? If you want to hear my podcast, you can find me on iTunes at Misfits and Rejects, or you can come to my website, MisfitsandRejects.com. And if you happen to be a surfer or you happen to want to learn how to surf, I have another web- website called Surf Progression Techniques, Surf Pro Techniques, which gives anybody information and access to me on how to progress as a surfer. Thank you, Chapin. We really enjoyed speaking to you and wish you lots of luck. Thank you, ladies. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.